Well, good morning, Body of Christ. Thank you for taking the time to come together. We want to welcome those of you online. I do want to say for those of you who are joining us online and maybe you've been there for a while, we miss you. Uh, definitely know that. And uh, we also know that uh, uh, we together as we either in person or online are together as the Body of Christ. And so thank you all for taking the time to to want to come and, and encourage one another and to build one another up. And this last week, um, for some people, there was a lot of things that were were struggle, uh, and then there were some awesome things that took place this last week, and I want to share one of those awesome things. Uh, on Wednesday, a gentleman came in, and uh, he shared with me that, man, I, I need to be baptized, and it's someone that uh, Larry's been talking with and working with, and so I said, well, do you mind if I talk with you for a little bit? And so we we shared and he shared, and uh, as we spent time uh, discussing what it meant to be immersed into Christ, uh, he was ready and he was prepared, and uh, he wanted to give his life over to Jesus. And so I want to share that video with the congregation this morning. His name is Christopher Gardner, and uh, here his, is his baptism on Wednesday. Chris Gardner, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Yes, sir. Amen. And do you desire to take him today as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes, I do. Amen. Upon your confession of faith, we're going to baptize you. We have this whole truck here. <gasps> baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Rise to walk in newness of life. He did come up. So. <laughs> he, he's not still in there right now, just so you know. <laughs> uh. We had that same glitch first service. I didn't. I didn't think of that joke that until now, though. So, <laughs> yeah. So we're praising God. Christopher Gardner uh, was mercy to Christ. He came Wednesday night uh, that after that afternoon's baptism, and just lift Chris uh, up in your prayers. Uh, someone that uh, just continues, uh, as we all need to continue to grow in our faith, and so. Uh, praising God for that decision in the in the year 2021. I'm praying and, and I'm praying for God to work in 21 different individuals' lives that they would come to a, a realization that they need to surrender their lives over to Jesus and to be baptized and to die to their old self and to be raised in newness of life. And that's one of 21 that we're praying for. And so again, it's not about a number, but it's about the individual and the lives. That, that those numbers represent the lives that are being changed through the Holy Spirit's power uh, in their life. And so uh, continue to lift up Chris and, and continue to be praying about your responsibility, your uh, impact, your who are you planning to reach this year? Who are you going to try to reach out to with the good news of Jesus Christ? And again, remember, it's not your responsibility to save them. It's your responsibility to plant seeds and to water and allow for the Holy Spirit to convict their hearts and to change them. But do your part in 2021. And I think we're going to see that number of 21 new immersions into Christ be blown out of the water. And again, it's not about us, but it's what, what God wants to do through us. We are in 2 Peter. And I appreciate Tommy reading from 1 Peter because 2 Peter really has this concept of remember the way. And the way is what 
Peter has already shared with us in 1 Peter. And so if you want to kind of remember the way, I would encourage you to go back and read through 1 Peter as well as we go through 2 Peter. And so this morning, last week, uh, we began the series and we just spent time reading through the, the three chapters in, in 2 Peter. And I would encourage you to continually do that as we go through the next 10 or so weeks leading up to Palm Sunday and then Easter morning on the first Sunday in April. And so if you would like to just kind of engross yourself in God's word as we go through 2 Peter, I would encourage you to do that. We're going to be looking at the first four verses of 2 Peter chapter 1 this morning. I'd encourage you to get out your Bibles as, again, if you go to band camp, you take your instrument with you. Go to football camp, you take your football helmet and pads with you. If you come to church, please bring your Bibles, electronic, paper, on the screens, memorize whatever you got going this morning. Praise the Lord as we come together. Will you stand with me as we read from God's word, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Will you pray with me this morning? Father, we humble ourselves in your presence. God, you are our Father. You are God. You are the Creator. You are the Almighty. You are the Alpha and the Omega. Father, you are beyond our comprehension. And so as we come together in your name, we thank you for your word. These are not just words on a page, but these are words coming from you as our one true God. And so may we hear your voice this morning, not my voice, but the voice of you this morning, God, that you would speak directly into our lives, into our hearts, and into our minds, that we would be changed and renewed, refreshed, God, that your Holy Spirit would utilize this time together this morning to continue to mold and shape us into who you want us to be. And it's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Remember the way. And this morning, as we look into these verses of 1 through 4, I came across a, a Latin saying. It's scientia potentia est, which is a Latin saying meaning knowledge is power. Knowledge is power, and that's the title of the message this morning, and it's the idea that the more knowledge that you have, especially through maybe formal education, the more you have opportunities, the more uh, the control that you might have over your future, knowing more gives you the capability to be able to do more in life. And, and the reality is we see that all the time, whether it be in the kitchen, if you don't really have a good idea on how to cook, which that would be where I'm at, then you're going to end up with uh, dishes that maybe don't really taste real great. But if you have someone that is... Uh, 
is someone that loves to cook, that's been in the kitchen a long time. They have a lot of knowledge when it comes to cooking and, and recipes and, uh, you know, the measurements and all those things. And then something amazing comes forth. Whether it be a project in your home, something that maybe you've had to work on in your house for the very first time, and man, that was difficult, and you didn't quite have the right tools, or you didn't go about it quite right, and you kind of messed things up, and you had to completely change something, but the next time you had to go, and you try to do the exact same fix, man, it went so much easier, because you had knowledge to actually take care of the problem. I remember when we first were getting ready to, to go around the country and we had our triple axle trailer and I needed a brake trailer system for my Ford F-350 and so I went to Walmart, you know, because that's where you get the best stuff and so um, I went there and I looked on the shelf and there was one option I'm like, that must be what I need because I had no knowledge of what it, it took to set up a trailer brake system. So I looked at it, and it looked like that what I needed. It was the only one there, so I took it home. I plugged and played it into the F-350. Uh, it worked. It's, everything seemed to be okay. And uh, we went about three months using a trailer brake system that was designed for a double-axle trailer and not a triple-axle trailer. And let me tell you, it, the brakes didn't work as well with the double-axle system compared to a triple-axle system. And, and when I finally got the knowledge that there's actually trailer brake systems out there that were designed for triple-axles, and I got that and I hooked that up, man, there was so much more power in those brake lines. It, it was amazing. See, knowledge resulted in power. And the same is true that knowledge is power when it comes to our academics or everyday life. And the reality is that knowledge is power also when it comes to your spiritual lives as well. And having knowledge and wisdom allows us to, to utilize the power that we wouldn't otherwise really know about or be able to really tap into or understand. And, and in the philosophers of the day where Peter was, was sharing truth, those, those guys, they spent a lot of time talking and discussing and debating and they would come together and they would talk about ideas that they had concerning the nature of God or they would theorize about the world that they lived in and they would come up with ideas about God and, and, and what and who God was and they would debate about these things. But when it came to Peter or John or Mark, when they would talk about God, they talked about someone whom they had met, someone whom they knew. They spoke about someone whom they had walked with, whom they had lived with, whom they had heard and, and preach and teach. And all the philosophers discussed what they thought about God, but Peter was able to share knowledge from a firsthand experience. And that knowledge that was proclaimed turned the world of that time upside down. It changed hearts. Thousands of people came to know Jesus because of the knowledge that Peter had firsthand to share. And, and when we go from head knowledge to heart knowledge, there's power there. And, and when we go from knowing about God to truly knowing God, there's power there. It changes everything. In fact, it, it should change our lives. Each and every day of our lives. 
And so I want us to walk through these four verses together this morning again and, and see what results from the power through the knowledge of God and of, our, of Jesus our Lord. And so if you look at verse 1, it begins with Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. And if you notice here, he, he uses both names, Simon which was who he was before he came in contact with Jesus. And then Peter the Rock, the name that Jesus gave him. And you think about that in your own life, of how different you might have been previous to coming in contact with Jesus. And, and so Peter wants to be real here this morning. He wants us to realize that he used to live a life that wasn't where it needed to be. But once he found Jesus... No longer is he just Simon, but he is Peter. And if you also notice in the next phrase, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. And, and at that time, and even today, to be an apostle of Jesus, man, there's some authority that comes with that. And that's what I want us to realize as we look here in verse 1, that there's authority through the knowledge of God. And Jesus, our Lord. But Peter didn't say, well, look at me. I got it all figured out. Look at all the authority I have as an apostle. He also says that he's a servant. And in some translations, it says a bondservant. Someone who chose to be a servant of Jesus. A bondservant. There's humility involved in this very first phrase. A servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. There's authority that Peter has. But Peter doesn't come across as arrogant to his readers. He wants his readers to realize and understand that he's on the same level. In fact, the rest of verse 1 says, To those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. Meaning that we're all in this together. As an apostle of Jesus Christ, the faith that he has is just as good and just as important as the same faith that everyone else has. It's just as precious because it has nothing to do with us. The precious faith that we all have is given, is offered as a gift. It has nothing to do with us and, and what we're going to be able to accomplish, but it's given to us as a, as a free gift. And if you notice here in, the, in this first part of chapter 1, it says, Through the righteousness of God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Did you catch the fact that Peter is acknowledging the fact that Jesus is God? The righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's foundational to what we believe as Christians. And we, we can't forget that because as Christians, that's where our hope is based. It's based on the reality and the truth that Jesus is the Son of God. And that sacrifice, because of that, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross makes all the difference. It gives us hope and forgiveness. And it's through the righteousness of Jesus, our God, that we have faith. We're all on the same level. Peter's getting at this truth that in the church, 
the elders aren't more spiritual. The, the preacher isn't someone that's on some other level. Those who have been in the church their whole lives are not better than those who are just coming to a faith in Jesus Christ because it's a gift that none of us deserve but is available to all of us if we're willing to believe. And as believers, we're humbled to share our faith with the world around us with authority. And that's what Peter is saying. Humbly, he has authority to share the truth. And the same is true today. If you have knowledge in the word of God, in God, in the Son, Jesus, then you have authority to share that truth. And if you look into verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And according to, to this verse, grace and peace is in, there's abundance. And again, it says it's through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Savior. Grace and peace. I don't know about you this morning, but I'd like a second helping of that, wouldn't you? Grace and peace. Pour it on, please. I need more of it. And Peter says there's, there's abundance. In other translations, it says it's multiplied. And it all comes through knowing God and Jesus. Well, what does that mean? And if you think about that in your own life, there's a lot of people that, that go about thinking different ideas when it comes to God's grace and thinking that we have to be able to earn God's grace. Well, that doesn't really line up with Scripture. What, the only peace is just, you know, the absence of conflict. But the reality is, is that that's not how Scripture lays it out. When I think that grace, the grace of God is given through ways that God has not ordained, then my understanding is not based in my knowledge of God. It's based on something else. And unless I decide to humble myself and change my understanding, I'll continue to be, to be misled. I'll think that I can earn God's favor and do things to achieve salvation we believe that, oh, we're, we're good, you know, we're, we're okay, we, we got it, you know, figured out, and so I'm okay with God, and, and He loves me, and everything's okay, and yet, are we really at peace with God? Do we really have peace? Because according to Scripture, it says that we all have sinned, and fallen short of the glory of God, and, and sin separates us from God and His holiness, and it's like oil and water, they just don't mix sin and holiness. It, it doesn't go together very well. And so if we continue in sin, then there's no harmony. There's no peace. But through Jesus, but through Jesus, I receive God's grace, and then there is peace. Between me and God. But if I don't come to accept that knowledge, I'll continue to think based on knowledge that did not come from God that I'm good to go. But when we believe that it's through the sacrifice of Jesus that we receive God's grace and not anything that we ourselves have done, then we will find grace and peace. In abundance. And when Jesus was making his triumphal entry in Luke chapter 19 verse 41. It says that he wept over Jerusalem. 
He wept over Jerusalem. And then in verse 42, he said, If you had only known what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. If you had only known what would bring you peace. See, they wanted national peace, didn't they? As a nation, they wanted national peace. And I I think for many of us today, we would love to see national peace. But Jesus was trying to show them the way to spiritual peace. And everyone wants peace, don't we? But a lot of people aren't willing to put their faith in the God that can bring them peace. It's kind of like the bumper sticker that reads, No Jesus, N-O Jesus, no peace, N-O peace. But K-N-O-W, Jesus, no Jesus, then K-N-O-W, you're going to know peace. And I pray that each one of us, man, would love to, to know God's grace and know his peace this morning. And you have the message to share with the world around you so that they can know the same grace and peace that you know. And in our understanding of the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, we receive that grace and that peace, according to these verses, in abundance, overflowing, never drying up. And so the third thing as we look in verse 3, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Everything we need for godly living comes from the power of the knowledge of God and his son Jesus. It comes from his word and what comes from him. And if you look at this, it says that there's life. You know, that all we need for life, and a lot of times we think from a physical standpoint, but the reality is is that he's not just talking about our our beating heart, our lungs taking in air. No, the life that he wants us to really be a part of is a life that's full of joy and peace and love and hope because of Jesus Christ and the knowledge that we have of him in our lives And it's through that knowledge of God and Jesus Christ and your understanding of who God is and what he's done for you and what we have to look for beyond this life. There's power in that. There's power. And it it, it should impact you today and tomorrow and for your eternity. See, we don't have to just live a life of monotony, of drudgery, of waking up to to go to work, to to try to earn a paycheck so that we can pay our bills in order that maybe we can have some money left over to somehow entertain ourselves. That's not what God intended for us when it comes to our lives. The power of the knowledge of God allows for us to, to know where we came from, to know who we belong to. To know that each one of you has so much value. To know that you have purpose in this life. To know that you have everything you need 
right here to live a godly life. To know that this life is just a mist. As scripture says, is, is here in the morning and is gone by the afternoon. But that we have something so much better to look forward to. That we have eternity to, eternity to look forward to. That we don't have to get wrapped up in all the struggles of this life. Because we have hope. And there's power in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord and in the time that we have left. I just want to quickly share with you four outcomes that knowing God will affect when you're trying to live a godly life. And, and the very first thing I want us to do is look at verse 4 where it says, Through these, these things that he's given us, through the power of his knowledge, the knowledge of God and Jesus, through these he has given us his great, his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And so knowing God energizes our soul. Philippians 3, 8 through 11 says, What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. And, and our souls can either shrivel up when all we focus on is the enticements of a self-seeking culture, or we can be energized by considering the things of this earth as rubbish and focusing on the knowledge of Christ and the power of his resurrection. And on Wednesday, when Christopher went down into those cold waters of this baptistry that we haven't been heating because I hadn't had it turned on and it was nice and chilly for Chris, I had waders on, so it worked great for me. Uh, but Chris is going to remember that going down into that cold water and to be made new in Christ. The power that comes from the resurrection of Jesus Christ in our lives, man, our souls can be re-energized. We can come to know the one who knows us best when we plug into his power over death and rely on his grace and comfort in the midst of our suffering. And so my prayer for each and every one of us this morning is that your soul may be energized through the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And the second thing, knowing God elevates our thoughts. It, it raises our thoughts. It elevates our thoughts. Isaiah 55, verse 9, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You see, the thoughts of God are so much higher than anything that we could ever begin to understand. And yet, when we spend time in his word, we begin to think like God. Our thoughts are elevated. And Boyd Bailey wrote, and it's kind of an interesting word picture, our thoughts can mindlessly wander about a Mount Everest base of truth only 
to be scaled by confessing our finite capacity to capture only a limited understanding of what lies at the peak of the Lord's perfect ways. And yet, when the Holy Spirit captures our thoughts, he's able to elevate them by faith into the excellent mind of Christ. By God's grace through faith, we have the mind of Christ to patiently search out the truth of God found in the word of God. See, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives within us as believers, it rejects lazy, stinking thinking. And it replaces it with focused, teachable thinking. And so may your thoughts be elevated through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord and Savior. And knowing God deepens our trust. Our trust in Him and our trust in one another. Ephesians 4.13 says, Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, the knowledge of the Son of God and becoming mature. And the reality as the body of Christ is we're not always going to agree on everything. But as we come together in unity and as we mature as the body, we might not agree, but we can trust one another because of the trust that we have for our God. And that trust that we have in him helps us to trust in one another. And so may your trust be deepened through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord and Savior. And the fourth thing is that knowing God emboldens our courage. Acts 4.13 says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, that's me right here, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They'd been with Jesus. Peter and John's courage, it had the advantage of physically being with Jesus, physically hearing him teach, watching him physically heal and extend forgiveness, grieving at his death on the cross and celebrating over his resurrection. And in the same way, their courage came from being with Jesus. We too, as followers of Jesus, can gain that same courage through the knowledge of his word. As we look and we reflect and we pray through and we study the same exact events that the disciples experienced. Ordinary Christians, once again right here, live extraordinary lives Having been with Jesus, each and every one of us can live extraordinary lives by just spending time with Jesus. So may your courage be emboldened through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And so then the big question this morning is, are you taking the time to know God? Oh yeah, I come Sunday morning. Okay, that's good. Well, and sometimes Wednesday, that's awesome. Small group, praise the Lord. But are you spending time daily getting to know God and the Son 
Jesus, our Lord, because there is power in knowledge. And as Psalm 46, verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. And I pray that each one of us wants to know God. And as the praise team comes this morning, the last part of verse 4 says that there is power that comes from the knowledge of God and of our Savior, Jesus, that allows for us to escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. You see, we don't have to continue to live in bondage of sin in this life. That we can escape the corruption in the world caused by evil if we're willing to believe in the truth of the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. So I guess the question is, do you feel trapped this morning? Do you feel trapped by the corruption and the evil desires of this world? Because if you do, guess what? You can be free of that. You can be free of that in Christ this morning. You see, God's power can set you free if you're willing to believe, if you're willing to repent, if you're willing to confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you're willing to die to your old self in the watery graves of baptism to be raised in newness of life, then you can be freed from the corruption and the evil desires of this world. If you only know of God this morning, you've never really gotten to know God, then I would invite you to come. As we sing a song of invitation, if you have a decision to make, will you please come as we stand? Will you stand with us?